0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football is here and so is your shot at millions. Thanks to our partnership with DraftKings. All new players can play for free for millions with your first deposit. Here's how it works. Create your DraftKings DFS account and make a deposit. DraftKings will credit your account with free entry to these contests. Draft your lineup and go for the millions in top prizes. Go to dkng.co slash brawlpod to play. That's dkng.co slash brawlpod. Act quickly. This offer won't be around forever. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome to another edition of Winners Only here on the Brawl Network. I am your host, Mark Zinno, as we get set for a Super Bowl 55. And our guest this week is one of the best handicappers that I know. I love his work. You can see it on Nesson, the New England Sports Network, or on Fox Sports. Check out his podcast called Chicken Dinner. Follow him on Twitter at SPShoot. He is Sam Patijatovich joining us on Winners Only. Sam, welcome, buddy. Good to talk to you.
1: Mark, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate being here. And uh, I can't believe the season's almost over. You know, I, I heard back in – or actually, go back to August. I heard this wasn't even going to be possible. I heard there right. wouldn't be a Super Bowl. You know, I'm so glad that we made it here. Uh, I wouldn't sit in a barber chair anytime soon so I don't catch COVID. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm i happy that we're almost there. We are so freaking close to being through the finish line. Well, to
0: to that end, I mean, it's one of the things right now, as far as from a gambling standpoint – You kind of have to put pause on a a lot of things because you don't know who's going to get put on the COVID list as what Sam was talking about in case you're not paying attention. The Chiefs, 20 Chiefs people, players and staff were lined up for a a haircut at a barbershop and the barber tested positive and they sort of stopped him middle haircut at least. That was the the rumor. Um, So now all these guys have to go get COVID tests and so that could severely change things from where we were 10 days ago. Uh, and, And my preview last week, Sam, one of the things that uh, I kind of talked about initially and just kind of looking at the game script and the game flow is something I always kind of focus on and and how I think the game will play out. You know, I really only see there are two bets to make in this game. And and it's funny because I feel like that's been the situation with Tampa for the last two weeks, right? It's either you lay the points and swallow them because the favorite in this case is going to win big, or it's Tampa Bay money line, because there really is no other value to take Tampa Bay with the points. Like, I don't see a scenario, and I didn't see it last week against the Packers, and I certainly didn't see it against the Saints, where, oh, they sneak out a two-point win. Tampa's sort of M.O. this year. If they can keep you within a score for the whole game, there's a good chance they're going to win the thing outright. It's when they get behind by two scores or more that they sort of get out of their game plan, and, and Brady starts forcing throws and things of that nature. So, I mean, I am on the Chiefs. At this point, especially last Sunday night or NFC Championship Sunday, as soon as the line went live, I got it at three and a half, but it was even money. And, and I thought real quick before I made the wager, am I really that worried about this half point? No, because I think Kansas City either wins, wins this thing easily by a touchdown or more or Tampa Bay wins outright. And because I was getting even money, I jumped right on it at the spot and I felt pretty comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, that's the old argument, you know. You have it with a lot of the wise guys. What's better, laying three and a half at plus a hundred, or laying three at minus one twenty, or minus one twenty-five? I like um, I like less juice, you know. I don't like pulp either, so I I don't hate the plus a hundred. You know, there is a twelve percent chance or something the game lands three, but if Adam Vinatieri's not in the Super Bowl, I think you'll be okay. Um, this the problem with this line is it's it's the tightest line of the season, man. I mean, and you're gonna see so many wise guys and sharp betters that just they don't give a shit about the line like they're not going to lay the three they're not going to take the three you know the wise guys every year they're they're more so looking at props than anything else and they're trying to find the value with the plus ev stuff they're taking 160 down to plus 140 they're taking 135 down to 115 on all these different props so they shop for props you know wise guys they're not they're not in any rush to bet this game if they don't have to but i have you know full disclosure I've got the Chiefs at six to one from back in August. I looked at the board. A a play. Yeah, well, I mean it, it. It is, but it, you know, and it's like, oh, look, look at this nerd with the glasses writing columns saying to take the Chiefs. It's like they were <laughs> six to one, but my my process, and I'm sure we'll talk process eventually. My process was they're one of the best four teams in the league, and they're the best team in the AFC, and I didn't care really who they played in the AFC Championship game. I figured they would be favored by something if it's on the road they're minus two minus three if it's at home there may be minus five or six now buffalo got hot and mahomes was you know hurt or questionable or whatever and that line shrunk a little bit to kc minus three but the the position on the chiefs before the season was they're going to be in the title game and they're going to be favored and at that point i can hedge i can middle and i can pretty much not lose so i come from an angle of all right i've got kc six to one in my pocket do I want to take Tampa plus three and a half if it gets back there? And it certainly might because the public's not going to bet until Saturday or Sunday. I would think they're going to be on either chiefs money line or bucks, chiefs minus three rather, or bucks money line. So it might get to three and a half. It might not. At this point, man, I, I've watched Brady play the last two weeks. He hasn't even been good. Um, So look, the defense is dangerous. They got some beef up front. They get to the quarterback. The biggest concern I have is Eric Fisher not playing their left tackle, who's amazing. They were four and four when Fisher didn't play last year, and that's a big deal. that's a five hundred football team without their left tackle. So that makes me nervous, but at this point in time, I think I'm just going to roll it and roll k c six to one and see what happens.
0: yeah, and you, you talk about how you know great Brady hasn't been and and i I've said this for the last couple of weeks that I think we're undervaluing the hell out of Kansas City if that's possible. Because they had that run at the end of the year where their last six games, forget the last game of the season where Patrick Mahomes and everybody didn't play against the Chargers, but, you know, they were in all these tight games, right? The only one they covered was the two-and-a-half-point spread at New Orleans, right? And so I'm sitting here, and I said this to people repeatedly about the AFC Championship game. I said, if if the Buffalo Bills, with third-year Josh Allen, roll into Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL, and beat a team that had won 24 of 25 with the best quarterback on the planet right now, I felt like it would have been one of the greatest upsets of my lifetime. Because I just, I think we're underscoring the juggernaut that the Chiefs are. And I've said this repeatedly. In your mind, go back the last 18 months, tell me a game where the Chiefs needed to make a play and didn't do it. Where they needed a first down, didn't get it. Where they needed a score and couldn't get it. Where they, they, they just didn't come up with the play that they needed to win the game. They do it every time. And, and so I wasn't worried about the close, the close games Uh, And I think that's actually a credit to them that we're giving away because they can win close games, right? Like they're not prone to choking in those spots like other teams are. And I I, I know we were all waiting for the game we saw last week, right? Where eventually they break out and they bust out and they beat the hell out of a team. Uh, And and, and had they done that to Cleveland in back-to-back weeks, I think this line would have been a lot more inflated if they had, had blown two playoff opponents out because they didn't. And they, oh, by the way, let's just hit the rewind button again. If Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they cover that 10 points. Right, they, they that I feel confident in saying that happens um, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt in that game and they end up winning it big, and I just think it changes the perception. I'm not saying the line would be six or seven, but it might be three and a half to four, more sitting at three where it is right now. You, you know, you agree?
1: I had somebody tell me this was going into the Buffalo game, and this is how flawed sports betters can be when they when they think that they have a pulse on something. But they bring up a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter anymore. Like, I had somebody tell me, and you know, I, I get a lot of messages and emails, and I got buddies like the bartender who are all over the Bills. Like, the Bills are the better team. You know, Allen's better than Mahomes. Like, okay, whatever. Like, the Bills are clearly going to lose. But I had somebody tell me that, well, the Chiefs didn't cover, you know, eight straight games from November to January. I'm like, they're laying seven points or nine points. They're laying 12 points. I, I don't care. What they did in November, um, and, and to your point about not making a big play, you know, even in that loss to the Raiders, that was the only loss they have this year when Mahomes played. Because you know, the the last game they started Henny and they lost that game to the Chargers by 17. But in the game that the Chiefs lost, you know, they gave up 500 yards of offense. So that's <laughs> not even Mahomes' fault. So I I'm with you. It's a short number on a great team. But because of the Brady tax, you know, that's the elephant in the room. I'm with you. Like, that line being three last week against the bills at home was a gift. I, I, I thought I was missing something. And, and the way I'm programmed, I'm like, Holy shit. Like, what am I doing wrong here? Like, what am I missing? Well, because when and it, it was,
0: seems too good to be true in betting, it usually is like if it's too well, easy.
1: Yeah. But they bet the bills like crazy in that game. And they took them from, you know, four to three and a half to three. And and the same thing happened the, the previous week when they took Buffalo against Baltimore. I mean, they were, they were running out of the woodwork to bet on the Buffalo Bills. So it's always tough when you get to the postseason because you have to eventually draw that line when you have the hot underdog or the trendy team more times than not. And this really happens in March Madness when the sixth seed goes to the Elite Eight. Eventually they're going to get shot in the head. You just have to find that proper point when you have to bail and you have to jump ship. you got to get up the Titanic before it goes down. And that's what the Bills were in the AFC championship game. Now, it's easier said than done to do that. And hindsight is always twenty twenty. 20 But here's the other angle that I'm, I'm really curious about. And you don't see any bookmakers talking about this, but this is a reality for a lot of the bookmakers. There is so much liability. On the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, because remember they opened they opened as high as like 70 to one in some places, and then it was 60 to one, and then when the reports started to pop out about Brady going to Tampa, it dropped to 40. They acquired him, it goes to 18, and I think BetMGM had eight to one before Week One. So if the Bucks win the Super Bowl, man, we're talking some of these casinos are going to lose. Six figures, if yeah. not low sevens. So that has to be baked into the line. You know, I mean my true number on this game was four, four and a half. Right. But because because of the liability and because people are gonna come out of nowhere and grab four and a half and four and three and a half, you might as well just set it at three because you'd much rather at this point you don't want to write any more bets on Tampa. You're you're good on Tampa. You're you're cooked in the future market. They've killed you for a couple weeks now, they're gonna take three and a half. You would much rather, I think, if you're a book at this point, you would much rather offset your liability with chief minus three bets. And that's my opinion. Nobody's saying that, but that's what I believe. All
0: right. You mentioned something about information that doesn't really matter, and I talked a little bit about that last week, as you get all these trends about the Super Bowl, right? Uh, for example, you know, there's one of them where uh, 12, underdogs, uh, 12 underdogs have covered the last 20 Super Bowls. Well, that, that's a nice trend, right? Like, that feels good. But in reality, none of those games have anything to do with this game. Like a trend doesn't, in my world, a trend doesn't apply unless we're talking about the same teams, same coaches, same quarterbacks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like the the important role players have to be the same for that trend to hold any water. Um, The last, I think it's the last 11 Super Bowls, the spread hasn't mattered. So either the dog went or the or the favorite covered. Uh, Again, that's a nice trend that it looks like it could, could continue, but it has nothing to do with this particular game, because you're talking about completely different teams, coaches, players, and everything else. So uh, as you look at some of the the Super Bowl trends, i.e. one to pay attention to, that Tom Brady, in all of his nine Super Bowls, has scored a combined three points in the first quarter. So when you talk about the prop bet of maybe a first quarter score and everything else, again, you could chalk that up to coincidence. But because this is a completely different team with a different coach, different offensive player skill sets and everything, I don't know that that trend holds water. I mean, are you you on the same thought line?
1: Yeah, yeah, I come and go on trends. You know, I think if I was power rating my... You know important factors of handicapping. I think trends would be six or seven. You know I don't have a list prepared for you, so don't ask. But I, I don't <laughs> think I think trends. I think trends are on line six or seven. You know I'm I'm a market guy first. I'm a field guy second. I'm a recent form guy third. You know just spitballing here. Trends to me, I think they can supplement a bet. I don't think they should ever take you to a bet. Um, you know let's counter that stat real quick. What was it underdogs or what was it twelve? Twelve and, of the last twenty
0: underdogs I've covered. Yeah
1: how many underdogs have covered against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl? I believe they're 0 one, you know, it's like, we can always, you know, trends are always nice, but there's always, you know, the counter trend, you know, people like to paint the wall with the stat that plays into their play, but they ignore the trends that go against them. So, um, you know, I, Jimmy Vaccaro told me in Vegas, you know, trends don't, I I had a a Celtics underdog trend in 2018. I just got out to Vegas. I was working at v and, I found out that the Celtics they had covered four out of four as a as a home dog, or yeah, it was a home dog, four out of four, and then it got to nine out of nine, and I I, I was so excited to tell Jimmy Vaccaro this, and he goes, yeah, trends don't pay the rent, kid, and I thought, you know, he he's to something because eventually the books are going to over adjust and they're going to you know they're going to you know make you pay that tax on the celtics to cover as a home dog or whatever but my argument was jimmy if i'm nine and oh i'm paying the rent you know so it's everything comes in circles um i, I just i think that first quarter trend i, I like it a lot I, I went under 10 points in the first half i also went under 10 and a half when it first popped i just i'm worried about my home's protection in the first and second quarters i think look people are saying that their offensive line doesn't matter and he's good against the blitz like fisher's a big deal man he's the anchor of that offensive line he's the blind side of the quarterback so i wouldn't be surprised if it took mahomes some time to crack that pressure and i think brady has proven you know in three of the last six super bowls he has been in three scoreless first quarters it was nothing nothing against the seahawks against the Falcons and against the Rams. Small sample size, but he, as you mentioned, I don't think he's thrown a a touchdown in the first quarter. So that's a nine-game sample size. He's getting older. He doesn't have the zip he used to. Teams sort of feel each other out in the first quarter. I do like first quarter under, and I also like uh, first half under a whole lot, 27-and-a-half-plus money.
0: All right, let's talk game script here for a second um, and, and and how the game will play out because that's going to lead me to a couple of, of wagers that I, I like uh, in this game. Again, you talk about the slow start um, and, and adjustments being made and, and how coaches are going to react to that. Uh, as I said, if you look at Tampa Bay this year, when they can keep a game within a score, I, I think the play calling is more innovative. I think that they are a much better team. You know, when they're only trailing by three or four, but the minute they get down, it, it's almost like they get out of sync of what they do well uh, for a team that doesn't necessarily run the ball fantastically. Um, when they are in close, they run the ball a lot more often with a lot more success. And I think that will be a big part of trying to at least keep Patrick Mahomes off the field for a little bit of time uh, as much as you can. And, and you know Leonard Fournette and his success will be a big part of it. But when you look at how you think this game plays out, uh I, again i think it's close in the first half and i think kansas city opens the door in the second half makes the adjustment and sort of steam rolls their way to an easy cover and an easy win
1: yeah it's a really good way to handicap it you know you're not just taking a number you're trying to plan out how the game will unfold and that's something that not many people do you know they look at the line they scratch the itch and they go uh i like team a or team b but when you sort of envision the way the game could play out know there's a couple different ways you know the the first the first thing that comes to mind is Mahomes going right down their throat and they go up seven nothing and then all of a sudden you know Brady's Brady's seeing some uh, some heat and they're dialing up some pressure and and, and maybe it's seven nothing and Chiefs get the ball back. You know, I mean the last thing the Buccaneers want is to go down fourteen nothing with a forty three year old quarterback. On the flip side of that, you know, you play in as you play into what happened against the Green Bay Packers with Tampa, where, you know, they got ahead. I believe they scored the first touchdown, then they scored the second touchdown and they had a, a little lead before Rogers threw that pick. And I, I still don't know how the hell Green Bay went from having the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead to being down 10 in 90 seconds. I, I, I will never understand how that happened. Uh, Might have been the whiskey that I, you know, I, <laughs> I had partaken in where I'm like, wait, what just happened? Um, but there is that angle, of course, where you think about Tampa Bay and trying to keep 15 off the field. That certainly, you know, has to be going on in the conversation. Uh, with Bruce Arians and, and with Todd Bowles, his defensive coordinator, like, you know, look, how do we minimize chief points by keeping them on the sidelines? You know, so um, I think if, if they run the football and they keep the chiefs off the uh, field, that plays even more into my first half, first quarter under. I, I would prefer a run heavy first half rather than 10, 15, 20 yard chunks via the air so that would work with me uh the last thing i want for my stuff for my props and all this all the things i want uh is for this to open up in the first quarter that would be i think that's that's bad news for for multiple different reasons but um yeah it's it's an interesting conversation i think i would i think i would take it but i agree i think the chiefs have too much firepower down the stretch as long as they're within seven or ten they have proven that they can flip the switch and that they are the best offense in the league
0: I will wait for the coin toss um, just to see who gets the ball first. And if Kansas City defers to the second half, there is a, a play that I am just I am salivating at, and it's Kansas City minus a half in the third quarter. And right now it's actually even money. It was at minus 105, but now it's at even money. And the, what I envision is what we typically have seen from Andy Reid in Kansas City, particularly with Patrick Mahomes, is a late score, a late field goal, to end the first half and then they get the door they, they get the ball in the second half and the doors open up and boom it's an immediate touchdown and all of a sudden Tampa Bay is chasing so it's a 10-point swing the last two times the Chief touched the ball whatever the score is and all of a sudden that's where Kansas City tends to control the game in that third quarter uh, again I would want to wait to see you know who gets the ball in the second half before I make that wager But it's one of those ones where I think it's given Andy Reid and the way he calls plays and the way the game flows for him, I've seen that script happen so many times with him that if they're going to get the ball in the second half, Kansas City, I I think that's an easy play and only a half point. Again, all they got to do is outscore them in the third quarter alone and you're putting money in your pocket.
1: I love that you're thinking so far ahead where you're like, all right, if a coin lands heads, and the Chiefs defer. I'm gonna hammer the third quarter. I wonder. I wonder how much uh, that market's gonna change. Like I, like I, I would, I would, uh, you know, implore you to have the device readily available because <laughs> once, once they say you know we're gonna defer, you know, give that thing ten seconds and it's gonna go. Uh, so maybe, you know, get to the, uh, get to the one yard line of your wager and have it ready to submit because these guys, they make one click and all of a sudden everything gets voided. Um, or everything changes for that matter. So, uh, you gotta be quick on the trigger. Um, Vegas also has that direct feed, which a lot of us don't have. Remember, Vegas has that no delay where we have to wait 7 or 10 seconds. So there's a reason they're ahead of the curve. But I, I don't think they wouldn't swing it that much. If, no, if you said it's, it might be if a it's minus a half, yeah, no, well, I don't even know about that. I think they might just change the juice, juice. or they might knock it up to one or something. You're not going to move because then you're going to have people come in and go, oh, I like Tampa plus one. And they're going to lay a dime just on the one. So, uh, you know, they're not trying to over adjust because they can get killed on the other side. But yeah, I mean, if it's you said it's minus half, what's the juice?
0: It's one. It was one hundred and five originally. I looked again today. It's now at even money.
1: So you you would rather you talk about you know minimizing your juice. You would rather wait and see what the coin is than lay half minus one hundred and five right now, huh?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I, it's it's one of those things where uh, I feel like whoever gets the depending on how the game, it's hard to know what the game flow is going to look like, like it leading into the third quarter. But I know if Kansas City gets the ball, and even if they don't score last, if they're getting the ball in the second half, they're going to score first. Like, I, if there is a prop to score in their first drive in the third quarter, I would bet that right now because I, I, it's just the, the way Andy Reid is built. And if you've watched him over the years, particularly in Kansas City, you know, he's a great adjustment coach. He always has been. Um, he, you know, and, and with a longer halftime, he'll have more time to make adjustments. If they're getting the ball, they're going to come up with two or three plays that, that, that uh, Tampa Bay hasn't even seen yet. Um, it just it just works out that way. Uh, I, I have enough faith in Andy Reid as a coach and a play caller uh, in that sense. So that's the only reason I would wait. I mean, I'm not scared of the 105 right now. Uh, I'm more scared of the the uh, game script not playing out the way I want it to, so to speak, at least in the first half.
1: Yeah, that's respect. I mean, yeah, look, have intuition, stand by the intuition. You know, I'm not going to fight you for that, no doubt about it. Um, I've got uh, I've got something where I'm trying to get cute here and I you know like I love the first three props that I put in and the fourth one is the uh, opening kickoff no touchback. So <laughs> bear with me here. My brother is the biggest Pat McAfee fan in the world. He listens to every day listens to the show every day, listens to the Hammer Don their gambling podcast with uh, Tony Diggs and all that. So he uh, he listens to McAfee religiously. And McAfee actually kicked off in the Super Bowl Colts of Saints. What I didn't know, and I don't think a lot of people realize, McAfee was talking about this the other day. He said that the ball that they kick off with, you know, over the course of the season and the playoffs, you get the K ball. You get the kick ball and you can, like, you know, step on it or, like, hit it with a hammer or throw it off a plate or whatever. I mean, you can do whatever you want to the ball. In the Super Bowl, a league official takes it out of the box, brand and new, puts it on the tee, and then that ball goes straight to Canton. So McAfee was telling the story on his show that it's like kicking a brick. He said he thought he broke his foot because he wound up and tried to crush it, and, like, he thought he broke a couple toes because that's how hard the ball is, and he goes, I wow. didn't get it. I got, he goes, I got it a yard or two deep in the end zone, and then at that point, of course, they're going to take it out. I know that Butker and Pinion have strong legs, and they can boom them. But you can find like in Vegas, you can find plus two fifty no touchback. That's the only way you can bet that prop. I'm not laying three ten to win a hundred. That's never going to happen, especially on the kickoff or anything like that. Right. <laughs> but I am taking a flyer, man. I took two forty and two thirty uh, on no touchback. They went back, and they, the last ten Super Bowls, I think it's only one or two touchbacks um again does that trend matter i don't know we'll find out sunday these guys have big legs but if the ball is as hard as mcafee says it is i'll take my chances at plus 230
0: yeah that's a hell of an inside tip right there i mean that's a you know you got me juiced up for it myself i'm already starting to look on my book to see if they have it <laughs> wait a second we're gonna Can pause find this it?
1: interview right now while i go make a wager.
0: uh all right let's get into some props here uh, across the board um one of the more popular props that people like to play is the three consecutive scores. Um, and, and I've had success with it in the past. Um, and a lot of, it, again, boils down to game script, right? Um, yeah, right now, I'm seeing it at minus 235 If for, yes, three consecutive scores. Um, I, this is one of those things where if, they, if, if what I was telling you about before happens, Kansas City kicks a last-second field goal, gets the ball and scores immediately to start the third quarter. That's your best opportunity for it to happen. Right. Um, And you stop one of three and out, you kick another field goal. That's that's three unanswered scores right there. And and that, that, that locks it up for you, but you have to kind of believe that that happens. I don't know if you're into that sort of play. Um, It's one, it's one of the popular ones that people seem to like. So I was just curious your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I have no interest in this one. And I I really, you know, not to, not to be that guy, but I, I just hate laying $2 or more on a prop. Sure. Um, If anything, I'd probably lean the other way, but I, I just, I think that's a total dice roll. And I look, I love craps. I love roulette. Like I love bets like that, you know, for years, before it was even popular, I was betting first touchdown bets, you know, like you have a a 3% chance or less of hitting that, but you know, we love it because it's a big payout. Um, Most of the props that I'm going to take, especially in a super bowl are going to be plus money or close to minus minus one ten. So um, I, I, I know that there's been some success, you know, team goes up and you know, a team goes down seven, nothing. And then they're up 17 to seven. And it's like, wow, that happened really fast. I mean, it happened more than people think, but that's why it's priced accordingly because it's been a cash cow for a lot of guys that have hit it. I remember a couple of years where the three straight scores was only minus minus one fifty. Um, so the fact that they've moved it to $2 or higher is, you know, them paying attention and then realizing that, Hey, it does happen more than we realize, and we have to make adjustments. But, right. no, I mean, thats I have no interest in that prop at all.
0: Well, and that's, that's the market you talk about, right, the market correction that, that Vegas always does. Uh, any interest in the two-point conversion prop? I see it at a plus 250 for yes.
1: Whew. Um... Do I think it happens? No. Do I like the price? Eh, kind of. It's like you know. Do you? Do well, you like value the Jets, it, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like the Jets? No. Do you like the Jets getting twenty? Eh, kind of. Yeah. Right. It's like that. That's the old. Uh, that's the old teeter totter we ride. If I was gonna pick one prop, it wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be two point conversion. And it wouldn't be safety. I mean, don't get me started on the safety. You used to get twenty to one on a safety. Not, You're not, not
0: after Seahawks Broncos, you didn't.
1: You're Well, and uh, <laughs> Patriots Giants too. Uh, twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. There was a safety in that game too, I believe. So you used to get twenty. You're lucky to find eight right now on a safety. The one that hasn't really happened in a while, and there's still value here because it hasn't happened, is uh, will there be an onside kick? Uh, recovered that is, and uh, you can find 25 to one right now. Um, you know, I obviously two point conversion more likely. Uh, but if Chip Kelly's not coaching, I don't know that I really love it. If uh, Chip was in the game, might be minus three dollars. Um, but like that's that's the comparison right now. You know, say I would argue that a safety and a onside kick are a lot closer than the odds indicate. And a safety's eight to one, an onside kick's 25 to one. One lucky bounce and the pounce. Twenty-five to one—that's that's enticing. I could bet a hundred and win twenty-five. That's that's a good return. A couple of other uh, ones that that kind of
0: interest me: uh, longest touchdown in the game, over or under forty-six and a half yards. Now, I would I, I would look at this and go. I, my my initial gut reaction says under. Both of these defenses are better than we give them credit for. Um, you know, they, they both the. the both defenses are wary about how the offenses can make big plays, so they will scheme to defend against that uh, more than anything. Um, what does scare me a little bit is a banged up secondary for the Buccaneers, which could easily, you know, lead to a big play happening. Um, but I feel like uh, most of the the way that the game would play out, I, I don't know that a a big play like that happens for a touchdown. Um, I I just I I have a hard time seeing that these defenses are going to allow that slip up like Green Bay did at the end of the first half.
1: I went under 47 and a half. Yeah, 47 and a half. I've played this five or six straight years in a row and it's been good. It's been good for the bankroll. Definitely not bad. Uh, If it was bad, I wouldn't, you know, keep running to the well. Um, My favorite uh occurrence of this bet was when i did it in patriots rams and there was only one touchdown in the whole game yeah it was 13 to 3 now you know when you you think about this prop you think all right who can kill me here you know for the bucks it's nickens if evans gets loose sheds a tackle you know you're worried about him i'm not really worried about Gronk or you know godwin to go 50 plus uh on the Chiefs side you got a couple guys though i mean you got you got Tyree Kill, who can take a screen pass, make a man miss, and and run for 300 yards if, mm. if need be. Um, and then you've got Nicole Hardiman, who's you know a very shifty and speedy player. Uh, when he gets the ball on the outside, he can go. But I mean, it's it's pure math to me at this point. Yeah. I, I think you know the average touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'm guessing it's sub five yards. Um, and I, I think you know you go back, you go look at the last ten Super Bowls. I think the the median number for longest touchdown is like, you know, 37 and a half, but you have to always account for the kick return and the punt return. And people like points, they like long touchdowns. So that's all baked into the quiche that goes into the oven and comes out on the other side. I, I'm going against it. I'm shorting long touchdown, 40, 48 yard touchdown. That's a long touchdown. Man. Yeah. Um, they have the personnel, but I, I believe in the defenses and the schematics and, I think it's bend but not break against Kansas City. They're going to score quite a bit, but I don't think it's going to be up and down the field like everybody thinks.
0: Something else jumped out at me as an interesting prop bet that you know talks about game script and how it may play out. I have largest lead over 14.5, which I would take the under. Um, that's a huge blowout. The only way I think Kansas City would or any team would take the lead is if it's garbage time.
1: It's funny because you know when you're thinking about three straight scores you're like, oh that could be you know that could put me over, but it comes on the largest lead yeah I kind of like the under um, eh, what's the juice on that minus 110
0: minus 110 for the under minus 105 for the over uh,
1: it's a, it's a tough one again I, I wouldn't bet this with your money but uh, for the sake of entertainment purposes, I would probably take over 14 and a half really? the, the thing about that well here, here's the thing about that number I, I had a long conversation with Chris Andrews at the South Point good friend of mine we were, we were sitting in the book one day and you know Chris he's he's good for any conversation especially when it comes to this bracket and I said Chris I go I, I've been meaning to ask you this question I go you know why six and a half and why seven and a half like what's the significance behind, all right, you're not making the game seven, you're making it six and a half. And instead of making it seven, you're making it seven and a half. But there's a huge difference between six and a half and seven and a half. And he explained that sometimes, you know, books will use the hook as sort of bait. So if you hang up a seven and a half in an NFL game, you're going to catch a lot of people that go, oh, well, if they lose by seven, I'm going to cover. And then you look up and that team loses by 17 conversely, when a favorite's laying six and a half, oh, they only got to win by seven, and then they win by four, they lose the game outright. Now, it doesn't happen every time, and, of course, every game is different and every situation is different. But I think when you put the hook on or off, you know, left or right of a key number like three or seven or 14, I think that tells the whole story here. I, I think they're, I think they're trying to write bets on the under, uh, because you're going to look at that and go, well, I, I get the hook. And, you know, if Kansas City goes up 21-3, to three, you're going to be like, ah, damn it.
0: Yeah. I, I, it was just – it was one of those those props that I initially looked – I'm trying to figure out how they get above, you know, 14 points in this thing and when it actually happens because Tampa is – and, again, it, it doesn't have to end that way. The way the prop is is that at any point, if they get larger than 14.5 points, you lose the bet. So – um that that's the only way you know uh looking at the final score i wouldn't see a 14 point win i would see more of like a 10 or a 9 or an 8 somewhere in that range um i think if kansas city does what i think they're going to do in the game so it was just something that jumped out at me before we get to the mvp discussion a quick word from our friends at manscaped they're here with the surefire touchdown and the best tools for your grooming experience that's why manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer the lawnmower 3.0 simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced, and we can help reduce your cost and free shipping. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRAWL at manscaped.com. That's 20% off, free shipping, at manscaped.com. Use the code BRAWL. Any thoughts on the MVP, and not even if you're going to bet, just where you put your money. I mean, I I look at it very simply this way. Patrick Mahomes, the odds-on favorite, um, you know, minus 140. And Brady right there at plus 145. I, I just don't see a lot of value in those bets. Yes, like you said, you get it right, there's money in your pocket. So th- there's nothing wrong with doing that. But like you, when you talked about Kansas City at, at 6-1 to in the beginning of the year, that 6-1, to 7-1 to odds is really where I draw the line for for value, right? Anything less than that to me, it's just not worth putting up the money because I don't think the payout is big enough. So when I see Travis Kelsey, and I've seen it varied, you know, different places, plus 800, you know, plus 900, plus 1,200 in certain places. That, to me, is, is the best bet I can make in this sense. If they were to give an MVP of the AFC Championship game, I think Kelsey would have won it. Um, I, he was so instrumental in what they did. He was so important. Uh, I, I think that he's the one guy who could steal it from Mahomes. I get it. It's mostly a quarterback award. But if he puts up the same sort of numbers he did against, uh, against the Buccaneers as he did uh, against the Buffalo Bills, there's a real argument for me to make there. And I, and I just like the value at, at, at that price.
1: Uh, my advice on this thing would be, first of all, always shop around on this. You know, some of the prices you gave, the prices are different everywhere. Uh, I'm looking at a couple places right now where Mahomes is minus 105 or plus 100. Now, that's, you know, you might not think that's a big deal, but Like I said before, every cent matters, uh, every cent matters rather. And, you know, FanDuel's got Tom Brady at two to one. You find some Vegas books that have Brady plus at 225. So, you know, use the gas station analogy. If if one corner's got 245 and another one's got 225, where are you going to buy gas? You know, you're going to buy it where you save money. So you should do it same way here with the MVP. Some books have Devin White at 50 to 1, some books have Devin White at 80 to 1. Uh what I can tell you is that the books, they would love for a quarterback to win this because they are liable on everybody else. Uh people bet Mahomes, they bet Brady, but they can they can swallow the losses on those guys because then they knock out everything else. You know, the hundred dollar bets on Antonio Brown at eighty to one, or the, you know, twenty dollar bets on Andomik and Sue at two hundred to one, or whatever. So, you know, if, if a long shot wins this, the books are going to lose money in this market. That's just the reality. Um, and a quarterback has won it thirty times. You know, we've been in forty-five, or sorry, fifty-four. I did a little dyslexia there. We've been in fifty-four Super Bowls, and thirty of them have been um, you know, given to quarterbacks as far as the MVP goes. So uh the numbers tell you the whole story. It's likely a quarterback, but no matter who you take, shop around. Uh the one flyer that I took, I went to Honey Badger, uh, Teron Matthew. I went fifty to one, very small, little to win a lot. He's a guy that's always around the ball, you know, he's he's making plays in the third and fourth quarter, and I wouldn't be stunned if he you know, jarred a football out, picked it up, took it to the house or pick six or something like that. Like, I really think that guy has a nose to the football. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if he won it 50 to one, but at the end of the day, you're going to look up, it's probably going to be Mahomes or Brady. And, And here's another strategy, you know, for all the people listening to your show and are going, well, I like the chiefs money line. Don't lay one sixty on the Chiefs. Lay one hundred five or take hundred on Mahomes and win the MVP. You're going to save yourself a lot of juice.
0: Yeah, it m- makes a ton of sense from that standpoint. All right, let's look at some individual player uh, props, or you know, if you're into sort of the uh, I don't I don't know if you want to call it like you know daily fantasy props, over unders on, on players. Uh, however you, you you know you you make those sort of wagers. Um, for example, uh, Travis Kelsey over under receiving yards uh I see it at 95 and a half I mean he's exceeded that total I think seven out of the last eight weeks or eight out of the last nine weeks uh as we talk about trends that's a trends that mat- that matters to me uh he's, he's nearly been a lock every single time um that's you know a guy that I feel like you know puts money in your pocket um and his receptions uh I would I would shop around with this as well depending on where you do it because um He's had at least eight receptions in nine of the last ten games. Last week, I had it at seven and a half and jumped all over it. Uh, I see it at eight and a half for the Super Bowl, and I'm a little bit skittish on it because Mahomes does a good job at spreading the ball around so much. But Kelsey is certainly going to see his share of targets.
1: I think I like yardage over more than reception yeah. over. I mean, you're already seeing this, and you know we're still days away from kickoff as we tape this. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that number got to nine by Sunday. Because um, people are going to bet it up now. When it touches nine, somebody's going to bet under and they're going to whack it back down. That's the way it goes. Um, that's a big that's a big jump, seven and a half to eight and a half. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, you brought up the uh, the injuries potentially for Tampa Bay. If if those safeties aren't what they should be, I, I think Winfield's going to play, but the uh, the other safety is, you know, I think I saw him listed as doubtful or questionable. If if they can't protect the middle of the field, it might be six seven catches for a buck ten Um, you know I don't like going over eight and a half when the market's been lower you know consistently I I always say right team right price or right player right price and I, I don't like over eight and a half when it's been much lower I remember a couple of regular season games like six and a half seven now that we're up to eight and a half it's like holy cow Um but you know reception yardage I think that's a different totally different story because he could catch a couple balls for 15 20 yards and, and he's, and that, he's you
0: know, a yacker. Like, you know, he's he's a big time yacker.
1: He's tough to bring down, and, and if the safeties can't bring him down, you know, big tree fall hard. So, like I said, I I think without doing much homework on it, because I'm not a big fantasy player, daily fantasy player, I feel like seven and one ten. I feel like that's a good uh, that's a good baseline. Uh,
0: Chris Godwin's at seventy five and a half. I, that's one of those I feel like you're going to be sweating it out, you know, through midway through the fourth quarter. Honestly, like I, it's just. I don't know – if it doesn't happen early, I would worry that it's not going to happen at all, right? You know, if it doesn't happen by midway through the third quarter, um, I don't know that it will. I see Mike Evans at 63-and-a-half. That doesn't necessarily excite me, although he's got the potential um, to have a big game. He always does. Um, And, it's you know, it's one of those jump ball plays that they throw 40 yards downfield that he ends up catching is the one that absolutely, you know, makes that bet a lock, right? If if you get that one, that jump ball that he gets – then, yeah, he's going to go over. But if if that isn't successful, uh, I would lean on the under on Evans and Godwin. I think, actually,
1: when it comes to Evans, like, I I thought that, too. I wrote a column on Mike Evans, and I think I took, like, all right, I'm going to go over Evans X amount of yards, and I thought, you know, he's going to catch – you know, he's always a threat to catch that deep ball. But, really, he, he hasn't really been a deep ball guy in this offense. He's the guy that they turn to in the red zone. Um, you know, Brady hasn't really taken that many big shots to go back and look at some of the game logs. I mean, he's had a couple pops, but it's not the way it used to be when Winston used to just fire the ball downfield and, and, you know, say a prayer and hope Evans came down with it. Brady's much more methodical and Brady doesn't really take that many deep shots to Evans. You know, he's throwing deeper shots to Scotty Miller. That's his deep threat. Uh, and he's dinking and Duncan. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Um, I think it's interesting though, when you, you get toward the, um, the red zone. And you look at some of the props on, you know, Mike Evans to score a touchdown. I think I'm more interested in him to score a touchdown than I am for him to go over a yardage proper reception prop, because I think it's all about game script. How is he going to catch the ball and where is he going to catch the ball? Uh, In my opinion, he's going to catch more balls inside the red zone. So I like him to cross the goal line more than I like him to go for 70 or 80 yards.
0: All right, I want to talk about uh, a theory that I have that uh, ends up biting you when it comes to player pops—the Invisible Man theory, right? And and that is the the Invisible Man who you haven't heard from in three weeks, all of a sudden shows up. Uh, could you try to you know ride hot streaks with players, right? Like I talked about with Kelsey, like you know he's th- th- this has been his his M O. for six seven weeks. Sammy Watkins has been the Invisible Man. Some of that's been injury, but he hasn't really been targeted, hasn't really been a part of it. Um, but it's a game like this where, and we saw it last year in the Super Bowl. Mahomes just seems to find him. Um, He's a forgotten about guy for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I would be cautious that he may may play a bigger part in this game than people may give credit
1: for. That could very well be true, and I know some better somewhere really believes in Sammy Watkins. I saw that somebody laid a couple big bets on Watkins to catch the first touchdown and win the MVP. I'm trying to pull these up right now. Here we go. Uh, Somebody at William Hill walked in and bet $6,000 on him to score the first touchdown. Um, first Kansas city touchdown 15 to one and a thousand dollars on him to win the MVP at 200 to one pays out over 200 K that's wild. Uh, so I don't know that I'm as confident as that better is, but (laughs) I appreciate people who fire and put their money where their mouth is. It's hard. It's hard to make fun of somebody who's throwing $7,000 on props like that. Um, it's it's such a pick your poison offense though. You yes. know and as you're as you're scheming for Kansas City, sometimes you try and slow Kelsey, which opens up Hill. And when you try to slow Hill, it opens up Watkins. So I'm curious to see how Bowles comes out of the shoot. Is he gonna pressure, which I know he loves to do, he loves the pressure, or is he gonna go back into soft zone? If he pressures, I think that opens up Watkins on some quick releases. But if he goes zone I don't know that that helps Watkins. I think zone is better for Kelsey and Hill. So that's a prop where it's it's sort of like I wish I could watch the first quarter and go from there. Um, I just I'm I'm too uncertain on how Tampa Bay is going to guard them. If they press, I think it comes different. I mean, if, I think it's going to be a different result. If they play loose, I think that I think that goes against Sammy Watkins because I like him more um, in a blitz heavy defense when he's facing a defense like that then i like him in zone
0: all right the invisible man for tampa bay believe it or not has been rob gronkowski and you want to talk about game script here sam i absolutely love the gronkowski over receptions at at uh is it two and a half or three and a half let me just check real quick um it's two and a half and over the 29 and a half yards like This is a situation where I feel like, for the last couple of weeks, Gronkowski's been asked to block. He hasn't been the main target in the game plan. They've been using Brayton more than he has. But this feels like, to me, a chance to throw Kansas City's game right back in their face, and it feels very Bruce Arians-ish, if you will. That Gronk all of a sudden comes out in this game, and they scheme to get him open because nobody's seen him on tape for the last three weeks do anything with a football other than block. And it's one of these things where I look at it and I go, Gronkowski could be a sneaky good play for over receptions and over receiving yards on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I know. You know, it's hard to it's hard to ignore the past, and it's hard to ignore what Brady and Gronk have, have done together. But I think Arians has realized that Brady's just a better player at this point in time. Uh, he gets more targets. He's more of a threat down the field um you know I think I think if you're gonna bet Gronk over I think you're sort of holding on to a little bit of nostalgia and you're you're betting in the past performance I I don't know that there's value per se but it is um it is a position where you're certainly getting a a lower number than you've ever gotten before but again that's all part of the uh it's all part of the equation you know his numbers are lower because his usage is down he's been a much better blocker and he's been more of a you know, uh, a guy inside the ten or inside the five. I, I don't know that we're going to see Gronkowski streaking down the flat. He's not as quick as he no. once was. Yeah, you I, know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't expect know.
0: that. I just expect a way that they use the middle of the field with him in it.
1: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not feeling Gronk. Okay, I'm just not. I'm All just right. not.
0: Well, we, we split there. Any any love for Scotty Miller ha- having any worthwhile uh, value in this game?
1: I wonder what Miller's number is to score a touchdown. I haven't seen it. Uh, he's he's just a guy, man. He finds himself open. Uh, he he's like the uh, Julian Edelman of this regime, mm-hmm. you know. Not to uh, not to get too comparative, but he's just sort of slippery. He always sort of finds his way open. Um, but but I think that plays better in his favor for a touchdown score. I don't know that I like him to get a lot of receptions, but he's a guy that's really like boom or bust. Like he's either going to have you know, two grabs for 20 yards or he's going to have three grabs for 80 yards. And, and I feel like one of those grabs is, uh, you know, has the potential to be, you know, a touchdown because he is very streaky and he can get down the field and he can get open. I'm looking at his game logs here. Like his last game against green Bay, he had two catches for 36 yards. The game before that one for 29, The game before that, one for 15, one for 12, one for seven, three for 20, one for 48. So it's not a usage per se. I don't know that I love his reception over because he doesn't get a lot of targets and he doesn't make a lot of grabs, but he can go 30 or 40 on a given grab. And uh, he's proven that he can get into the end zone. He's got four touchdowns this year. Um, It's got to be plus, he's got to be plus 250 or three to one to score a touchdown.
0: And then rushing yards. Is it, this is one of the lowest rushing yard player prop totals I've seen in recent memory in Super Bowls? Uh, Leonard Fournette at eight at forty-eight and a half. Uh, Ronald Jones at thirty-seven and a half. Clyde edwards alaire at thirty and a half. And Darryl Williams at thirty and a half. Like th- there's not expected to be a lot of running in this game.
1: No, because this game is going to live and die with the quarterbacks. And uh, let's take a next level. The total rushing yards for Kansas City is ninety and a half. The total rushing yards for Tampa Bay is 92 and a half. I mean, it used to be you had to get 100 yards to win the Super Bowl. And now it's like, no, you got to throw for 300. Uh, The game has changed, but I think Andy Reid and Bruce Arians are both smart enough to realize that, you know, you have to win this game with the right arm of your quarterback, and that's reflected in the odds. So the numbers are low. They are where they are for a reason. Um, And with Tampa, it's so frustrating because, you know, Arians is very – He's very. What have you done for me lately? I remember I had a couple Ronald Jones props. They were playing on a Monday night against the Giants. I had Jones to score a touchdown, and Jones rushes over for attempts, and he fumbled the ball in the first quarter, and he didn't see the field the rest of the way. I remember that. So, so it's like with Arians, I have no idea which running back is going to touch the rock more. I lean to Fournette. The numbers say Fournette, especially with the price to win the MVP, but. Um, I I just don't know. I don't trust him to trust himself when it comes to the running back. And then with Kansas City, I mean, they could run for 50 yards in the game and still win by two scores. So I don't think this will be a running back heavy game. This won't be, uh, you know, Jamal Lewis against Ron Dane uh, back with Ravens and Giants. This will be a game won by the quarterbacks for sure.
0: Uh, Patrick Mahomes over under rushing yards at 19 and a half. He's got the foot issue, but he has had two weeks to get better. Um, I, you know, I would lean on the under in that one, but it's if he gets over it's because he did it on one play with with the number being that low it just feels that way
1: that's a wild adjustment from last year too. His number I remember his number got bet up from thirty two and a half to like thirty six and a half, and he was over, he was over all of those numbers and then he went on to lose fifteen yards on the final three plays when he, that's which right, slung yeah. him swung him from over to under, which was a very strong result for the books. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that. You know, on the other side of that coin though, you know, without the, you know, left tackle and potentially the right tackle, if he can, you know, break through that initial push, he can take off for 10 or 15 yards. Um, I'm not too concerned about the toe. I, I think the toe is okay. I think that's, I think they're playing into that a little too much, some of the media and all that, but uh yeah, I that that number is you know it's substantially lower than it was last year when it was in the mid to low 30s and now it's you know in the high teens. That's that's pretty wild. That seems like it's pretty short. Uh, and just for
0: a note, by the way, in the two playoff games you mentioned, the Kansas City rushing total over against Buffalo, they rushed for 114 as a team and 126 against Cleveland. So they have gotten there. Uh, a lot of that has been the fact that they've been holding on to a lead in the fourth quarter in both those games. Um, that may be the only way they get to that number. Uh, but again, that's one of those things where the game script sort of, you know, if you had a feeling, if you could make the bet after the first quarter, you'd feel a lot better about doing it, so to speak.
1: Definitely. Definitely will. Um, I do think, though, when you think about, you know, the big front for uh, for Tampa Bay, it's, it's going to be hard to run the football against those guys. So I think that's baked into it as well. You know, they got some beef up on the line and uh, they like to bring their linebackers too to sort of stuff the gap. So they got some really good guys against the run, starting with Adamic and Sue, who, you know, takes on two linemen pretty much every single play. They eat up space. They get into the backfield and make it hard to run the football. And a lot of times that Chiefs running game really turns into that short passing game. Like the short passing game is an extension of the run. And if Mahomes tosses a shovel pass to one of his speedy receivers and they run for 20, that's not a run, that's a pass. So be careful there.
0: He is Sam Paniadovich. Uh Follow him on Twitter at SP Shoot, like Sam Papa Shoot. Uh, and make sure you follow his podcast as well at Chicken Dinner. It's at Chicken X Dinner on Twitter. You post all your picks there uh, that you put up for all sports. So it's a great Twitter account to follow. Brother, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been great. I hope the audience really enjoyed it. I know I did. This is great stuff. Uh, Wishing you the best of luck coming up on Sunday. But again, certainly, man. Thanks for joining me.
1: Mark, thanks for having me on, man. Let's do it again soon.